Ty, could I have you repeat that phrase for me again? What what phrase? There is a bomb in Centennial <laughs> Park. There you is, have 30 minutes. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. I love how many <laughs> words he manages to make into more syllables <laughs> yeah. than what I would do. Park, easily two syllables. Bomb, two syllables. He just drags it out like a good <laughs> southern boy would. Yep. It is funny when you hear John Hamm say it first and he's like, There's a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. He's like the voice of Chrysler or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the most commanding. And then, and then you flip it over and yeah. there is a bomb in Centennial Park. <laughs> you have 30 minutes. <laughs> it's it's even thicker than that. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm not a southern guy. <laughs> yeah. I can't do it. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. <laughs> You have 30 minutes. <laughs> Great trailer. It is a good trailer. Um, we we're talking about Richard Jewell. Yes, we we watched Richard Jewell a couple weeks ago. It's on HBO now, and I had been. It didn't get great reviews necessarily, mm-hmm. but a lot of people I follow on Twitter who, you know, I trust their movie opinions really liked it a lot. And I, you know, once again, we're jumping on. It's the jumping on the Clint Eastwood train. Yep. Who we have so many opinions about. I have seen a very surprising amount of Clint Eastwood movies. Once I look in it, if you would ask me, I wouldn't say I've seen that many, but I've actually seen like a dozen of it's them. It's a lot. Yeah. Which is so crazy. so it's you know at this point we're kind of getting an aesthetic of what his deal is, what's yeah. going on, and at the same time, yeah, like you were saying, the trailer is. This has got to be really his best pulls one, you in, though, right? Oh, it's definitely up there. For sure. I mean, you know, of the ones that we've seen, Unforgiven, this. It's really at, million at dollar baby. How, at least for how well it's made, hundred percent. Like the production and everything, but is also the like a big step. All up. of the acting is great, and yeah, it's, it's also very weird, which we'll get to. Yes, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, that trailer was really good, and I think it really sums up the themes mm-hmm. that they're going for. That they really want you to assume the movie is about. Yeah. Which is, I think, also some interesting. I'll, I'll cut it in. Yeah, at least part of it, because mm-hmm. the 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 having the building music, and him doing the there's a bomb in Centennial Park. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and them kind of intercutting the whole like, did you do it? Yeah, his accusers are two of the most powerful forces in the world: the United States government and the media. I do want to help y'all on law enforcement too. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. Did he do it? Richard Jewell is an innocent man. He's a hero. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. Especially if you aren't familiar with the case. Man, if you are not familiar with this case... Had, what did you know about Richard Jewell before the movie? I knew that... Spoilers for a historical event 23 years ago. 24 years ago. I knew that... He found the bomb. Mm-hmm. They thought it was him. It wasn't him. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. That's all I knew. But I knew I didn't know why. Yeah. So it was it was pretty slim. I didn't I didn't know much. I knew mm-hmm. I remember hearing about the, you know, the bombing at the 1996 Olympics. Yep. I I didn't have anything else. So mm-hmm. it was very interesting to see. And then of course I had seen the trailer, which very much says you know like like his lawyer is saying. It's this guy versus the versus both the FBI and the media. Yeah. Like the two most powerful forces in America. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah, it's I didn't I didn't know much. Did, I, how much did you know? So I had seen there's a video on YouTube that is a pretty good summary of the whole thing. Okay. That it was actually I think a New York Times video that they made that's they have like a series that's like a retrospective of, oh, of yes. different like criminal situations and a lot of things that cause like media yeah. firestorms kind yes. of. Yes, you were telling me about um, this. And it was pretty, it seems like it's pretty well made at least. And I just remember when the trailer for this came out being yep. like, oh, this guy's perfect. Yeah, Paul Walter Hauser. And we already both liked him yep. from I, Tanya. Yes. And uh, another good one, another good one, uh, biopic, we're going to say it, yep. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna say it wrong. Uh, where it actually has something to say about 
something other than just what an interesting story this yes, guy had. Exactly. So of course that's why we're talking about and, it. And and so yeah, so I knew some of the details of like how everything went down. I actually probably have learned more of the specifics since we watched it. Same. Than I did probably in the movie. Oh, yeah. Just because a lot of the stuff that's in the movie was the stuff that I did already know. Gotcha. There were a few things that were in the movie that I didn't know, um, but kind of the they hit the highlights. Yes. And movie, which is so a year after the event, maybe a little after a year, there was a Vanity Fair article written mm-hmm. that is it's a long read. And it goes over like every part of it. And they interview Richard and they interview all these other people. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. And that's where I've I've gotten all of the like actual de- and i think the movie actually takes a lot of the details from that vanity fair article as well probably yeah so it's like a good summary and simultaneously uh you know gives gives it a structure i think mm-hmm. that makes it movie worthy yeah should we kind of go through the rough yeah i would like overall- to go through just, just like the story in general we're gonna have a lot that we're gonna want to talk about that's not the plot yes so we'll just quick go through it yeah, Richard, and not hit the stuff that's as maybe surprising because I would ruin it. Yes, for sure. Well, obviously, uh, you know, historical event. So it's it's this guy named Richard Jewell who was probably like tw- in his late twenties, mid twenties. Yep. yep. Who was obsessed with law enforcement, at least in the movie. I'll be describing the the movie as it's happening and yeah. not necessarily the actual events. But it starts off and we see him. He's working as like a temp, basically, yeah. or like an office assistant. And he befriends Sam Rockwell's lawyer character, and he goes on to become a security guard at a college. He yes, gets fired from that because yep. he's, he's kind of too into the feeling like an authority figure. Yeah, thing. but we but we do see that that Sam Rockwell's character is the only guy who kind of treats him with any sort of respect. Yeah, and so he's kind of the go-to guy. Yep, which will play in later. So, but then he you know gets fired from the university and gets a job at the Atlanta Olympics doing security yep it was a temporary a temporary job um and he the one thing you kind of find out about him is that he is like very overzealous yeah um he takes his job extremely seriously (laughs) yep and also that he very much it's important to him personally that he is law enforcement yes and that he thinks of himself as being part of the law enforcement community absolutely even when he's just a security guard or even when he doesn't have a job. Yep. And so when he's doing this, he's taking it very seriously. And he ends up stumbling on this backpack and assumes rightfully at a, at so... A big, at a big concert. Yeah, exactly. And he is... Well, he, and he they had kind of a scare before and it was nothing. But he's keeps he's got to like play by the book and so he calls it in. There's a big scene of him trying to get everybody out of the tower... No one's taking him seriously. Other cops aren't taking him seriously. The bomb squad comes in and he's like, it's a bomb. Yep. And so, so they got to evacuate everybody. Yep. Bomb goes off. Some people get injured. One person dies and a bunch of people get injured. Yep. And Richard is like around the corner. And so he does not get hurt at all. Yep. And so he's initially a hero. Like everyone's immediately. Everybody wants a piece of him. Everyone wants to talk to him. Yep. And we've also been introduced to the FBI agent played by John Hamm. Yep. And Olivia Wilde plays a newspaper reporter who yep. is kind of plays fast and loose with the rules. Yes. <laughs> we'll get into yeah. her character more later, but uh, she's kind of a, she's a composite of the media, but also based on a specific person. Yeah. Just like John Hamm's FBI person, same kind of thing. Yeah. They're like anything with these, they, they have to composite because you yeah, can't just tell to like rep- a million they have people. They represent the like institution. Yeah, situation. exactly. Even just thematically, they have to do that. But yeah. Uh, eventually Richard goes on some talk shows and stuff. He does the whole, aw shucks, I'm just yeah, law enforcement just doing thing. my job. Yeah, and then... But eventually... The, the newspaper FBI reporter gets out of the FBI guy that that well, Richard F- Jewell is a suspect. Well, and just that the FBI has to look into him. Yes. Because they're not finding who did it. Right. And you all, you know, you got to look into that guy. Yep. And basically, yeah, Olivia or the new reporter pulls it out of the FBI guy, mm-hmm. uh, and she leaks this detail that no that shouldn't have gotten out yep. into the news, and it becomes a whole media thing, and it becomes like a trial in the media, yep, all about whether or not this guy's a loser. Yes, and Sam Rockwell um, ends up being the one lawyer that he knows, and so Richard Jewell calls him up and 
decides to like ha- have him be his lawyer. Yep. And, and then, he immediately goes to work. And it, he's like the one guy protecting Richard, basically, because yeah. Richard lets law enforcement walk all over him. And then the rest of the movie is just this big media storm. And then also Richard Jewell needing to prove that it wasn't him. He, it's not really that he's proving it wasn't him. It's just dealing with the FBI. It's it's him wanting so badly to be seen as one of the guys yeah. with with this force that is actively trying to destroy his life. Yeah. And and the back and forth between him and his lawyer about like man you can't keep trying to help these guys. They are yes. investigating you for murder yep. and terrorism. Yep. Yeah. They could put you in the electric chair. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's basically the plot of the Yeah, movie. that's it. And you already kind of know, well I mean if you know any history, you know he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you don't know how all of it plays out. So Yeah, well, and within the movie, it's obvious that he didn't do it. Yes. Um, oh, and the other major character is his mom. That's right, yep. Played by Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates, yeah. She's and she's, awesome. great. she's really good. So I know this is a historical event, yeah. but the movie itself has some good moments that we are going to spoil. So yeah. if you don't want it, that to be spoiled... It's one of those rare situations where it is a real event... That has so many details that are so weird, yeah, and like are genuinely shocking. Yeah. So anyway, this is the point point where we're going to talk about specific scenes and spoil them. Yeah, I think we should just talk about how much we love the character of Richard Jewell and Paul Walter. Oh, Hauser. Paul Walter Hauser is so good. <laughs> okay, we're talking about it a little bit. It's actually upsetting that he didn't win some sort of award for he's that. so good he's unbelievable and he's the, truly insane he does a perfect job and the character of richard jewell is already just fascinating it's yeah. basically like zach galifianakis in that movie where he runs for political office yeah but like the campaign yeah but like more realistic yes and like i just love how um like kind of kind of very vaguely effeminate in a southern way yeah not like a Lindsey graham-esque type of thing but yeah. just like kind of just a soft boy yeah and just a, just kind <laughs> yeah. of kind of a mama's boy a little yeah. bit yeah and in oh it's just you could not create a better um embodiment of the concept in the movie yeah of this guy who he wants to ingratiate himself to the authority and he and, and he just sees and he sees directly how authority works yeah like he understands that that having the badge is the power kind of yeah it's weird because richard jewell as a guy it's almost like he you you look at it and you want to say that he's dumb yes but for the most part he's kind of right oh he's 100 percent right in that in that like the part that he can't see is that they're not going to accept him yes that's exactly it. Yeah, but he's he doesn't, totally. But he has a better view of power than a lot of people. Yeah, he in just that doesn't he's willing to admit it exists. He just the only thing he can't see is the barrier that's going to stop him from being one of them. Yes, that's truly it. Yep, and and like and I think it's funny how he kind of buys into the cultural aspects of it, and like he'll have like the the demeanor. He'll yep. try to put it on. He'll you know he'll like, walk into a dorm room where they're. Or drinking or whatever, yeah, and, he'll, and yeah, he'll act like a cop. Yeah, totally. He'll, but he doesn't have the actual he put authority on the that affect a cop has. Of, yes, exactly. And he doesn't get that. that and he gets not... in trouble for like pulling people over on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, when he doesn't have the legal authority. And to it's do like it. you you sit within like fifty yards of <laughs> yeah. campus or whatever. Yeah. and This is in fifty yards. Like, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter, man. Like, it's not not your jurisdiction. Yeah, it actually, that reminds me of a funny thing from a different podcast a, a political podcast i was mm-hmm. listening today mm-hmm. where uh no government entity wants to overstep their bounds in any possible way no one wants to be responsible for any of it except the police yeah like the police are always the ones <laughs> yeah. that like are out of their jurisdiction and they're just like i don't yeah. care yeah but yeah no other government entity would go like a yard past yeah what the, is their exact <laughs> yeah. border no no like water board is gonna give someone water who's 10 yards out of their district exactly yes yeah. this was like a tree cutting thing <laughs> sure. exact same thing yeah. but but and he and he embodies that oh he so does. specifically and that's what's so great about him i think is he's i think it's just that he's thinks he sees the best in kind of everything mm-hmm. he's kind of the the really old school Honestly, at this point, like in like 2020 politics, mm-hmm. he's sort of the like very 
middle of the road liberal that's like the power of institutions they work sure. like they're here for a reason they're I'm here for fo- our good I'm following the rules yep I if was, we all just followed the rules, everything would work great. In that beginning part when he was a college cop, yeah. I thought that it was, is this going to be like a takedown of this guy? Or are they trying to make him look bad? Yeah. And then when he gets home and he's, or after he gets his security job at the Olympics and he's talking to his mom, that was one of my favorite little scenes where he's talking to his mom and, and he's about going to go leave and he's like, I'm still law enforcement, right? I'm still Oh, that's like, so good. I'm still like in the like mm-hmm. i'm still one of the good guys i'm still part of the club yeah like i'm still like one of the good guys keeping the rules you know yeah. and it's like and that's the thing he, he thinks that they are the good guys well and he really thinks that like yeah that the rules are meant to be kept yep you know and that like well, we, and, they, they, and the, they need somebody to do it and you even see that like he always calls everyone sir and ma'am yeah he's it's like the real specific southern type of thing yeah. and his and he really respects his mom he's been yeah. taught to like respect yep. authority and he says that and i think he legitimately thinks that the rules all exist to protect people yeah 100 percent. and so it's funny and that, when and that no one would if if you took on the the mantle of law enforcement that that means that you won't be breaking the rules yeah yeah that, that anyone that would take on the mantle would have it would have the inherent dignity to live exactly in the way that they're supposed to mm-hmm. yeah and and so and it's great that they sit well and they have to set him up that way yeah but they set him up so quickly as just exactly that mm-hmm. but and it's also interesting the further on you get in the movie the more he is completely getting uh taken advantage of because of that, those attributes about himself yes yeah. you see that he keeps like those those things come out stronger and stronger. Mm-hmm. That like anytime he's being taken advantage of in any way, he doubles down. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, they're not. <laughs> no, they're we're all cops. Like <laughs> yeah, I'm one of you guys. I'm yeah. just trying to help. Yep, yeah. we're part of a brotherhood. Yeah, a sacred brotherhood. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, incredible. And 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 man, Paul Walter Hauser is so good. Yeah, he. <laughs> I I'm I just can't get over it. He's so subtle yeah. with some of his yeah. stuff. Just the like this could have been a very dumb role. Yeah. In the hands oh, of someone else. But he he gives it such it's easy to just say he gives it pathos. But he, he does. He, it's like a realistic Forrest Gump. Yeah, well, kinda, you know what I mean? Because yeah. like, because even not that Tom Hanks is bad, but it's just like Forrest Gump as a character. It's like a cartoon. Yeah, totally. You know, and it's like for this, it's like he he was just involved in the one thing, not every aspect of American history. Yep. And he just kind of went in into it just with like an open, totally open, real pure to, heart. <laughs> yeah, to just like being annihilated. Yeah, truly. In that case, he's almost like the anti-Gump. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> This is where I want to like steer it into. Well, okay, so Paul Walter Hauser, give him an Oscar or something. Yeah, he's so great, and he just lives in the role so perfectly. And there's a scene near the end when they he finds out that he that the FBI is no longer investigating him, mm-hmm. and he's sitting at breakfast with Sam Rockwell, <laughs> the lawyer. Yep, and. He's got a donut in front of him, mm-hmm. and he's so overwhelmed that he just shoves the whole donut in his <laughs> mouth. <Yeah>. And it <laughs> is... I was stunned. Yeah. I. It is, to me, like the most memorable scene in the entire movie. I can't get... O- I still think about it. Mm-hmm. Just... You know, it's, it's not... There's no... I, I don't know how to describe even, it. It's not even a joke. It's no, like, it's not a joke, and it's not yeah. like it's not like out of joy. Yeah, it's not out of. Uh, he's not like cheering or anything. No, nope. it's almost. It's not. E- it's not even really like relief. Yeah, he's just so overwhelmed. Yeah, by the thought that this is all over, yeah. that the only thing he can do is shove a jelly donut in his mouth. Incredible. And and just the like look of, it's not relief either. The, it's the look of it's complex. Of, yeah, it is. It's, I can't. It's that's a complexly the, emotional donut eating scene. Yes, that's and has that ever happened? No. That's why you should see this movie. Yeah. We should just put that. At the be- that should be the whole episode. Just like yeah. he complexly eats a donut. You should watch this movie. Yeah. But that's what's so interesting. I mean, he alone is great. But then the way that 
the world is filled out around him i think is also very good okay yeah so i i kind of want to keep talking about the characters a little bit if that's cool with you yeah that's so fine. there's basically four other characters that matter yep the mom the lawyer the fbi agent and the journalist yes we can let's go from uh let's let's ease into because i think well, we can start with the mom. Yeah. Kathy Bates is really nice. Yeah. She does a great job. She has a scene where she does a press conference. Yep. And she's like very sad mm-hmm. and it is very good. She nails it. Yeah. Not nothing nothing crazy there. She's kind of the soul of Yeah, she's you know, kind of the she's the emotional corner of the whole thing. The lawyer is This is where we're gonna get into it, I think, already. Sam Sam Rockwell does a very good job of if you watch anything in real life about this guy. Yeah. He... Sam Rockwell doesn't go big enough, honestly, if nothing else. Yeah. The, oh, the real life yeah. lawyer is insane. Yeah. He's a cartoon. He's a cartoon in like kind of the best way. So the real life lawyer is this like libertarian um, super libertarian. He, he has like a very casual vibe for a lawyer. Yeah. You know, and, and in the movie he does that. Like he'll show up like at Richard's house wearing like jeans. Yeah. You know, he's not wearing a suit all the time. Yep. And he and within the movie, I thought it was interesting that he has a more obvious character arc probably than Richard Jewell does. Yeah, kind of. In that he's like this down on his luck lawyer kind of, and then he becomes like this lawyer who only has one um, case. Essentially. Yeah, one case and one client, and, and it kind of gets over his head. Yep, you know, and it's like, is he, is it is he good enough? But at the same it? time, we see almost immediately that he has the right instincts for this because yeah. the it's it essentially comes down to a libertarian versus the federal government. Yeah, which is absolutely perfect because <laughs> yeah. he one knows all the rules and laws. Yeah, two and and he's obsessed with with his clients' rights. Yeah, and two he's insanely skeptical of anything yep. that they're trying to get out of him, and so he's doing the exact right thing, which is don't talk to him, don't help yeah. him, don't talk to him, don't help him. And so he's kind of a lot of the movie is him talking with Richard about man, you can't, you know, you can't trust these guys. You know, and it's almost like a battle for Richard's soul. Like, yeah, honestly. is Richard Jewell going to be become a full like, you know, anti? Is he going to lose his authoritarian? Yeah, vibe. Or, whatever? or is he going to? Is he going to keep the authoritarian vibe and get totally screwed? Or is he going to? Can he thread the needle? Yeah. Or is he going like, to lose the author- the authoritarian vibe and also lose his faith in? Yeah. The America in America, yeah, yeah. because it which, represents so much. For that's him. not really even presented as a real option, which we will probably get to. Yes, <laughs> um, but yeah, of like, can he? Yeah, who who is, is he going to change? You know, is he going to like? Yeah. Anyway, totally. Um, or is that he just going to keep getting taken advantage? Of? And so I I'm going to throw out one little thing about the Sam Rockwell character, which I enjoyed, yeah. which we can use as a transition. Please into do. One of the other main characters, the moment that Sam that the idea is put to us. Mm-hmm that sam rockwell might not be a good enough lawyer for this yeah is when the journalist sneaks into his car oh that's right she avoids the whole big media scrum i forgot about that sneaks into his car and then after he drives away for a little bit she just pops up in the back seat yep and scares him and she's just like man what are you doing like this guy needs like 10 lawyers yep you know have you ever do you even do criminal law yeah yeah you know she is basically the devil of the movie. Yes. <laughs> she okay. Is a pure villain. I do want to talk it's about that. It's pretty great. Yes. Uh, so, and it, but it's also kind of complicated. Yeah. People were mad about every this. review of this movie. They barely even talk about whether the movie's good because it, it is just about the journalist that wrote the article defending this journalist that was a yep, real person. Pretty much. Who who has died since the events yeah, of the Yeah, she died like well like early like on. Like 10 years ago or something. I, th- I think it was like early 2000s. Oh, okay. Might have been almost 20 years yeah. at this point. But uh, yeah, she she was a real wild card in real life. She apparently was like a real hard partier. Okay, yep. And... um. She would also really just go after things very tenaciously. Yes. And so this, in one sense, it's a good portrayal in the sense that it's someone who is going after a story. Yeah. You know, they got the aspects right, but the intention, I think they changed a little bit. Because they really paint her as someone who is willing to just ruin a guy's life to get a good story. Yeah. They went way too hard with it. And she I, also apparently, and everyone was mad that she uh, has sex with the John, with John Hamm. Hamm's character to get this thing, or implies 
what's really funny is that she's like, we should have sex. And then mm-hmm. she just basically teases out the information from him. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, they just have sex because they know each other. Like, yeah. like they're, they're it's, like, it's they already John, have it's this John relationship. It's John Hamm. She probably wanted to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, like, yeah, and well, that's the thing is that they already, they, they already have a previous relationship. And so yeah. that's something that she's like. But the, the, the hypothetical of sleeping with a source to get a story yes. is something that everyone who ever worked with her said she would never have done yep and no one ever alleged that happened yes until the movie came out right so it basically didn't happen so that's kind of a uh clint eastwood shorthand at this point yes and i totally am sympathetic to the idea that you need to do some sort of like like we were saying we're amalgamating the entirety of all the, yes. the sins of the media into a person yeah but they hit it pretty unsubtly at several points. Yes. And I'd say that was one of them because even that, they could have been just her flirting with him. Yeah, totally. And they didn't have to actually be like, so are we going to have sex now? Which <laughs> yeah. they basically pretty much. do. Yeah. I don't know if Clint Eastwood just doesn't trust his audience, but they could, because that's what's so funny about it to me is that it's like, okay, you could make a case that, I mean, it didn't really go down this way, but like the idea is that the authority figures got seduced by the evil media or whatever. Sure, sure. That's the idea that's being portrayed. You can at least do it in a somewhat artistic somehow, way yeah, and not have somehow them literally have sex. Yeah. I mean, somehow the information got out. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. So. It's, oh, yeah. They totally did leak it. Yeah, and exactly. And someone probably screwed up. So really, it is kind of on the FBI. Yes. But so, I just love how they managed to make it the media's fault. Yeah, totally. You know? <laughs> It's in and we're way. gonna. I'm gonna. We'll, we'll steer. We'll, we'll steer back on yeah. the politics of it. Yeah. But boy, she. They don't paint her in a good light. No. And <laughs> although they, at the end, they kind of redeem her slightly by having her realize finally after half yes. the other people do that there's no way Richard Jewell could have done it himself. Yeah. Yep. And That's so true. she at least they they I will say they at least show that she's a good journalist and that she does the work. Yeah. That's always impressive. Yeah. They just showed her being unethical. Yes. And then, so the last character is John Hamm's character, who, I mean, really Clint Eastwood has no mercy for, truly. he yeah. He's constantly looking down on everyone. <laughs> he's such a smug jerk. He is. Even when they're when everyone's doing the Macarena out yeah. in the... At, Quick side note, they nailed 1996. They really did. Amazing. The... The style is great. Yeah, everything. Uh, yeah, the Macarena. But when they're doing the Macarena, thing. and he has to be, he's at, at the this, park, like watching for security. So the the reasons. whole thing with this uh, this event that the bomb was at was that it was kind of like a sideshow. Yeah, it was just like a big concert in a park that had nothing kind of to do with the Olympics. Yep. Like it was put on by the Olympics. But so everyone who was there was like, "Ugh, can't believe I have to be here." Except Richard Jewell. Yep. <laughs> I will say it is strange. I I thought about pulling up the movie to see what exactly the thing was that made like because there was pressure from the top like we got to get this guy and that's Mm -hmm. when john ham started basically breaking the rules right but i think it was just that it got put on national tv right yeah it seems like like the pressure was on once once things once that went out of control we don't want richard jewell to like lawyer up yeah now that he knows he might be a suspect right i mean i honestly think well no one's ever going to be able to give a good account, but the actions that they took kind of, I think, tell you all you need to know a little bit. Yeah. Which is, do we want to get into it? Yeah, let's just... Okay, so... so this is the craziest part to me. Yes. So this is where it's going to all spin out of control for us in trying to come <laughs> up with what what this all means. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, so, everyone. We're going to get political if so we the, So they call Richard Jewell in. Uh, I will say... First, they wire one of one of his like family friends, and who goes to dinner with him. Oh yeah! And Richard Jewell. It was his friend. Knows, who was it was his friend who was a cop. That's right. Richard Jewell knows so much about bombs. In <laughs> yeah. <scene>. Richard Jewell keeps <laughs> incriminating has, himself. Yes, essentially, with an encyclopedic knowledge of how the bomb worked and like situations in which you could get away with crimes. Yes, he knows the the law and he knows the criminal code because he loves knowing this stuff. Yeah. Because he want, needs to know everything, and yeah. so he he goes on an extended ramble <laughs> about how about, about what the what triggered the bomb, mm-hmm. and how the bomb tilt the way it was tilted actually stopped more people from dying. Yep. But he kind of says it in a tone that <laughs> could be interpreted as "I wish more people had died." <laughs> yeah. So so they they immediately get as like could this guy be a suspect? Yes. Yeah. And they call him into the FBI office. Yep. And they say. 
hey man you were there we just need your help no they we're, we're making a training video that's for right. first responders that's right and you're gonna star in it because yep. you're a hero and what they they pretty much <laughs> they say they're gonna read him his miranda rights as just, like a as like a bit yep just like, as a joke and you'll wave them you're gonna pretend that you're a criminal and yep. we're gonna pretend that we're cops and we're gonna read you your miranda rights and you're gonna wave your rights and say you don't need a lawyer <laughs> <laughs> but it's, they're doing it for real yes and they and they're trying to get him to sign a piece of paper that is waiving his rights <laughs> and that really happened and that happened that was an actual <laughs> thing they did that to the him. fbi did so anyway <laughs> that that to me is that's the thing that i think clint eastwood was like okay this takes it from good to great yeah like this is this helps lock into what i want to say about this mm-hmm. but then they continue to do that throughout the... I mean, they continue to do this all the time. Yeah. I mean, in the movie, obviously, it's it's a movie. But they actually really did a lot of this stuff, too. They would have him, from the you know the trailer, mm-hmm. they have him do the voice thing, the... They have him do talk- you have 30 minutes, that, yeah. that whole thing. So That was... They weren't... His lawyer didn't want him to do that. Yeah. But he just agreed so to do I it. Think, yeah. I think that moment of them bringing him in and doing the fake Miranda rights thing yeah. is definitely the pivotal moment for the audience when you start to see what um richard jewel's you know struggle is going to be yes and like what sam rockwell's role is going to be yep. in that they're they're they just define the battle lines immediately yes. they they put it exactly down yep as and the fbi is going to try and unequivocal that the fbi is the, the bad guys now yes 100 percent. they are absolutely there's no turning back for them at this point. Yeah. Oh, at least for John Hamm's character, because he's in the room and yeah. he's trying yeah. so hard to get yeah. him to do it. And just in the audience's mind. Yes, exactly. Of, yeah. So they, but they just keep doing it, and Richard Jewell keeps. <laughs> and that, they, that's that's where the fun thing comes have, in. Where they have an extended scene where they're gonna search his house. Yes. And Richard Jewell, his mom, and his lawyer are all present for it, and he keeps helping them and he can't stop and his lawyer keeps telling him, like say nothing just stand there silently and he just oh yeah by the way here's this he keeps trying to lend Did a helping hand he's trying to be a good host for the yeah. people who are raiding his house <laughs> yeah. it's inc- it's truly incredible he is it, really it just rules. insane host vibes that's also it's just such a unique character it's i just can't get over it yeah it's so good and it's it's the perfect thing for uh, a libertarian director to yeah. to latch on to. So, you know, obviously this is where it gets kind of messy, I think, is on one hand, I think we, you have a very good portrayal of a guy who worships authority yeah. and sort of, I don't want to say the class structure of authority, but sort of the idea in one review I read, mm-hmm. kind of the idea of... People who work with their hands versus people who work with their heads. Sure. And how there's always going to be... The people who work with their hands are always going to look down on in some way. And he's clearly a hands guy and not a head guy. Sure. But just the idea that Richard Jewell was just this guy that everyone was going to just take a big dump on constantly yeah. because he wasn't one of the smart guys. Yeah. And how just sad that is mm-hmm. that, that this guy got dragged through the mud because yeah. he was just a, a good target. Yeah, and at the same, so that's one side of this movie, which I yep. think they do an extremely good job of. It's that's why I love it so mm-hmm. much. And on the other side, <laughs> Clint Eastwood, yeah, talking about the fake news media, yeah. <laughs> okay, and and going through and having a libertarian hero yeah. stand up against the FBI. There's an almost overwhelming amount of ways that I want to go at this from. Yes, um, <laughs> I, I can I think, tell you. I think first, bit. I think we need to kind of set up. More specifically, what we're saying, like yes. terminology-wise, hundred percent, in the sense that, so I think the arc of the movie is that Richard Jewell believes in authority. Yes, and I think the movie exists to attempt to thread the needle of like how can we still respect authority while admitting that sometimes authority makes mistakes, even just that like the feds, for example, sure. can make a mistake. Like, how do you square that? And like. I don't know. That's funny because I don't think he's even trying to be that apologetic toward the feds. I really do think that he puts them in the same camp as the... I, obviously, the media is worse in his mind. Yeah. 
But I, I really think don't there's, think there's any sort of like redeemable thing about authority in this. I just think there's the line at the end when they're going to go in for their final meeting where he's yeah. like, these guys aren't the government. They're just like a couple of guys oh, who that's right. work for the government who like make mistakes. I'm going to make more deference than they're due. And don't keep calling them sir. Well, they're still the United States government. No, they are the United States government. They're just three pricks who work for the United States government. You understand the difference? Nobody in that room is a better man than you. You understand? See, and that's funny because I took that line differently. I took that line as all government is that. Government's just a bunch of guys. Like, you go in, mm-hmm. on, in any place and it's just going to be some guys. Mm-hmm. That could I, be. I kind of took that as like, uh, from... From a thinking of the lawyer as being a very libertarian guy, yeah. of him thinking like none of these guys have any authority over you, mm-hmm. like you have there are laws in and place. And that is the part that you definitely talk about. Yeah, like you're not these guys aren't any better than you. Or yes. Whatever. Yeah. Which is interesting, I think. Yeah, but I just think like Richard Jewell himself doesn't like. He comes out of it still believing in the concept of like authority, and he becomes a cop, and he becomes a cop. So there's the two sides of the issue: is Richard Jewell yeah. continuing to support authority yep even though it's screwing him over and his lawyer who says that you should be skeptical of authority in the very specific way that libertarians are yeah you know and i think you have in basically this the individual rights versus yeah collective rights even just the idea that like so as i assume this lawyer would think yeah no one is taking a fully anti-authoritarian position on this yeah i suppose that's true and i don't think that's a mistake but i think yeah i think i think the two polls are yeah are on one side the fact that i have the badge makes me authority yeah Yeah. and on the other side the structure so for you know like the law gives you authority yes and you can abuse it yeah and so yeah it's 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 interesting and i i just think like those are the actual forces that existed within this story for sure in real life and those are the issues that i'm sure someone like clint eastwood wants to grapple with right i don't think he even wants to grapple with it i think he just somehow always gives us a more nuanced thing than he's wanting to yeah but i just think like anything that's outside of that spectrum of ideas yeah. is, is something that would be totally unthinkable to him or sure, whatever sure sure and so i think that is how someone like him would choose to make this story specifically. Gotcha. Yeah, because I I, I I agree with that. I do think, but I do think that ultimately this is very much a he saw a guy who had the FBI try and fake tell make him dismiss his Miranda rights through trickery. Yeah. To him, that that's that's catnip. Yeah. That for <laughs> for a guy like him, that is the truly the ultimate governmental abuse and. Any chance he can get to show how an individual is being screwed over by a, a larger entity, that's very broad. But I think, but I'm trying to like include the media part too, yeah. where I think the the idea that like, well, the media was obviously lying, and 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 like the FBI was obviously against him. Like, how could he not make this movie at this point? Like, it's almost inevitable for someone with his beliefs. See, and that's why I think it's interesting is because, and that's why I took it as being that he's trying to like thread the needle kind of. Sure. Is because I don't think Clint Eastwood would have made this movie 15 years ago. Oh, yeah, maybe. I think 15 years ago. um, I think he was still kind of a conservative nut job. Yeah, but I just think conservatism was different. Yeah, it's true, actually. I just think like to have the idea of, so like the deep state right oh yeah no one who's a conservative person would have criticized the deep state 15 years ago or fake news well that's, they, that's I mean, a huge thing hated, i mean they hated the media always. yeah but but they but they at least had the concept that the media wasn't just straight up lying in the in the same way that, that like trump has normalized now of just the idea that, like like you could you could just say like they have a they would say they have a bias yeah 15 years ago but yeah. now they just say like, nope, they lie. Like they just make up lies. Yeah. Well, and I mean that's the part that they're right on. <laughs> but like, well, I'm just saying like, like as far as like, yeah, I'm just saying like, 
as far as the authority, I don't think the media is portrayed really as an authority within the movie. Sure. It kind of is. Like the mom, for example, What's the thing takes that's... Tom Brokaw as being an authority. Yes, that's right. Right? And but, it starts the ball rolling, I'd say. Yeah. But I just think, I just think <laughs> yeah. the part that's ideological about it to me is choosing to make this movie at this time. Yeah, right. And, I agree. And so there are so many little moments in the movie that I just chuckled. Like, so for example, there's a scene where before the feds are going to come over, Richard Jewell, or his lawyer, asks him if he has any guns. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he lays out his, like, ten guns. He has a lot of guns. On his bed. And his lawyer is like, what are you doing with all these guns? <laughs> and he's like, hey, man, I'm just like a good old boy from Georgia, basically. Of course I have a bunch of, like, what good American doesn't have 20 guns, yeah. basically, is, like, the idea. Were you expecting a zombie invasion or something? No, I wasn't expecting zombies. I expect deer. I hunt. You hunt. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. they don't say it that way. Right. But me, as being someone who come in, comes into the movie with an idea of Clint Eastwood, yeah. I'm, like, reading that into it, obviously. Sure. And you saw that the that the lawyer had a libertarian poster behind yeah. him. Yeah. The, I totally missed that. The lawyer had a poster behind his head in, like, a lot of the shots where he was sitting at his desk that just says, I fear big government more than terrorism, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Something. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I just think, like... Uh, the selection of this story, that's what's so complicated about it. The story itself yeah. is presented pretty ideologically accurately. Yes. There's I guess we're, we're getting at lie. the same thing, which is that yeah. in this case, Clint Eastwood is right. They happen to find the one person that got railroaded by the FBI. And who, the media. And the media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to really add yeah, the media yeah, yeah. thing in because I think it's like super important well, in think- 2020 to talk about it. I just think, and that though, was the one that, like, all the reviews also were obsessed with, like, the idea that Clint Eastwood finally got a chance to skewer the fake media or yeah. the fake news media. I think you're right. I just think, like, conservatives have always hated the media. Yeah, it's. I just think it's different. Since like nineteen, what? But they didn't. But they didn't like hate like individual newspapers. You know what I mean? Like now they'll just say like all newspapers are wrong. They they would just hate like they just say like NPR was too liberal in 2004. Absolutely, they were. You know yeah. what I mean? But now it's like there's no like you hear it straight from the president's mouth or nothing like like i think it's just more the idea of showing them explicitly doing it of them having a such a specific agenda yeah i i think even even if they would have done the story like you said like 15 years ago or whatever yeah. that wouldn't have big been as important of an issue for conservatives but now it's like all they talk about and so the idea of this being like the perfect cross between and especially shoot in 2020 do you think any conservatives like the fbi no like, yeah exactly like they're i'm just saying like yeah. in and you're right I, i'm kind of agreeing with you but <laughs> yeah. I, i'm thinking that the media thing is also such a huge part because if if you i mean if you're like a trump fan like who are your two most hated things like yeah the media who's lying about trump and the fbi who invest who like investigated yeah. trump with russia yeah. stuff yeah. like like it's it's really the perfect role, perfect thing for someone who, admittedly, I don't think Clint Eastwood even likes Trump that much. I guess that's what's so weird about this movie is that it's the most zeitgeisty thing I could possibly imagine mm-hmm. to come out in twenty late twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. and that that's why I think Clint Eastwood's so interesting is because he always somehow not always, but a lot of times he taps into something in such a more complicated way than I think he intends. Yeah. I think he, and I think honestly, that's why I think he's a good director. Like <laughs> who's made some like huge duds. Yeah. But I think that's why he's good because like any, like honestly, I hate to use the word genius. <laughs> he's not a genius, but, no. but he has tapped into this sort of creative energy. I think it's just cause he doesn't restrain himself. Yeah. That's what I mean. I think that's part of it. I think, I think it's just he has it. like a vision kind of. Yeah. And he like has at least the clout required to do what he wants. Yeah. Well, and that's it's kind of the opposite of the like intensely safe studio film. Yeah. Where, you know, it doesn't go through a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. It's just like not not straight off his dome, but pretty close. Like he yeah. reads the script and he's like, I want to make this. Yeah. And I, I th- yeah it's 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 like he's an auteur at this point and but he's just an auteur in entirely different genre than any other auteur it's weird because i don't want to give him i mean i know you're not trying to like 
crown him king. I'm using but, I'm using words that are very yeah. <laughs> that 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 used by anyone else would make him sound like a great man. Yeah. And I think that he is just accidentally insanely creative. I think there is a structural explanation for a lot of this too. Sure. In the sense that to be able to be to make a mid-budget movie. Yep. Really, in any capacity, there aren't that at this many point, of those anymore. Yeah, if you can make a budget, one for probably sixty million bucks, a mid-budget movie where the director gets pretty much total control over carte blanche it, of all cuts, and it's a director who has lots of experience. Yeah, that is doesn't happen very much. I no, because I feel like if you're a like a, there are some mid mid-budget people who are up and coming people. Yeah, they'll give them that. I just think you know Clint Eastwood has. He has a pretty strong track record, I think, of making money. Yep. He has a big enough name that you can you can put his name on it, and people will see it. Yeah, I mean, not everything probably makes a ton of money, mm-hmm. but like enough that they'll just keep letting him do it, and they'll keep letting him pick his shot, and he hasn't screwed it up too badly yet. Nope. <laughs> At least financially. Fifteen seventeen to Paris is probably his like lowest performing movie that's come out in the last ten years, and. I'm sure that even made some money. It's fine. Yeah, it probably is not that expensive. Yeah. Well, and I'm it. sure an American Sniper made a bazillion dollars. Yep. And and I think he has a kind of a large field of ideas to pick from. Yes. Because he is like the voice of crotchety old people. Yeah, seriously. Which is a huge part of our culture, but probably like, I mean, not that Hollywood isn't old, but it's just like... If you're gonna make have a guy who's gonna make like this kind of a thing, yep. No, you're on of, the right track. He's in his own lane. Yes, you know, like yeah, who that's is he exactly competing it. against? No one, exactly. So he can pick his shot. He can pick this event, this crazy event that happened 20 years ago. Yeah, that no one bothered making a movie about. Um, well, who else is even like as old as him and still making movies at this point? Oh yeah, he's like practically dead. Uh, he's incredibly old. Ridley Scott is probably like 80 now. Everybody else just retires. <laughs> right. Or um, the other... Uh, who is the other... Oh, or like Woody Allen or Roman Polanski. Oh, yeah. They were going for a completely different thing. Exactly. Yeah. There's, like, who else is doing old people movies? Or who is out there thinking, like, ah, people aren't talking enough about, you know... Like, so, old, old guys that love, like, Gran Torino. Guys who love old cars and are racist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so here's a question for you. And I think... And I quick gotta say... He is willing to explore ideas, I think. Oh, 100%. Because like, Gran Torino didn't need to happen. Nope. Like, he didn't need to actually explore any themes beyond being a crotchety old man, but yeah. he did. And, and is it like Jewel. weirdly racist at times? Yes. <laughs> yeah, but it's like... But so is he, I'll bet. <laughs> well, and the premise of Gran Torino is that he's kind of becoming less racist. It's it's a real... Yeah, it's complicated. It's a real death by <laughs> we degrees don't, We don't need to get into it. <laughs> no, we do not. But ultimately, I think, I think the trick of all of this is that among all of this politics stuff that we're way more obsessed with, mm-hmm. it's an extremely competently made movie. Yeah. It it hits all the points you want it to hit. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of some of his other movies as well. And they all hit the same thing where it's like they have a narrative arc. Yeah. The narrative arc is good. He doesn't stray from that part of it. Like all the weird stuff just comes from like individual choices, which is yeah. the best kind of auteur. That's where well, he is an auteur, I and think. And I think he managed to keep the extraneous stuff to a minimum. Yeah. I even think it's funny how in Richard Jewell, the thing I mentioned about how the journalist. Yeah. Um, she just pops up in places that she doesn't need to be in, but it it brings it all together. It in does. a weird way. Another quick aside that I was going to throw out there, yes, which please. is perfect, is the fact that, and this is, again, a thing that happened in real life, the person who first tipped off the FBI to even look at Richard Jewell was this snooty college dean That's right. who fired Richard Jewell from his job and gave them the thing of like, ah, this guy just kind of like weird. I had to fire him because he was too into the authority thing. He seemed like he really wanted to become a cop, you know? And it's just like, that's the part that for me that I thought Clint Eastwood saw that and actively drooled. Yeah, totally. To be able to bet like a a tweed jacketed college dean as Mm -hmm. the villain for even five seconds. And then they get to have like a seductress journalist. (laughs) I just think like, I, I legitimately think that the FBI is it 
the way that the FBI is portrayed in this movie is so like I just have to shake my head and laugh at how clever it is. Yeah. In that they they are like the villain but like that they were led astray. Like there are like oh, the good guy who was led astray by all these other outside forces. See, that's funny because to me the, and this is maybe where we were having trouble with like the media versus yeah. the FBI. To me the the FBI is ultimately the worst villain. The media is just like helping them along, but the FBI is truly the only ones that are abusing their power to such a degree that making him wave his Miranda rights thing is so damning that I I think it's it's truly like irredeemable for the rest of the movie. And and even John Hamm at the end giving him the the thing that says that they're yeah, yeah. the letter that says they're not investigating him anymore. John Hamm's mad. Like like his yeah. character is like like I still think you did it and we're gonna get you. Yeah. Like I truly think the FBI is the irredeemable villain of this movie, and I think the media is the ones that kind of get led astray by one person. See, so, okay. This isn't, I yeah, think, I want to hear yeah. your perspective, though. So, I think you're definitely right about the end, right? Because at the end, the journalist lady uh, kind of tears up watching the speech, mm-hmm. and John Hamm is, like, still mad about it, right? Yeah. But that, I think, is the part that makes it so interesting that it's kind of complicated. It's not like a straightforward narrative arc. Yeah. Because earlier in the movie, the journalist is just such a jerk. Like, she's yeah, like, when the sure. bombing happens, she's just like, she takes her camera guy aside and is just like, let's say a prayer. Please let the bomber be interesting. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And then, like, when she is, like, causing all these problems, yep. she's, like, loving it. And, yeah. And, like... And John Hamm, as the FBI guy, he seems very reluctant to be, like, breaking all... Like, even the thing where they bring him in for questioning, he doesn't even want to bring Richard Jewell in for questioning that badly until the media leaks the thing and forces their hand. Yeah, I I agree with that, but at the same time, he still does worse stuff. Yeah. Like, ultimately, and, and I think in... I'm, I'm kind of projecting my mind into Clint Eastwood's mind a little sure. bit. Sure. But I think in his mind, like the FBI guy abusing his power is the serious crime or is the serious wrongdoing. And the, from how he's portraying, especially Olivia Wilde's character. Yeah. She's just this dumb broad who doesn't yeah. understand how all this works. She's and just not taking it seriously. Yeah. She's just doesn't understand how this will affect our hero. Yeah. And that makes her irresponsible. She's just playing fast and loose with human lives. Exactly, yes. And so, whereas I think, like, the FBI doing all these things to him, taking advantage of him, like, like stepping all over him. I just think at the at that moment where they do have their first interrogation with him, mm-hmm. it's just, like, so dehumanized. Yeah. And, like, John Hamm but plays I think that's it worse. so <laughs> I don't dead. Know. Yeah. And that it's, like, I just think, like, in the earlier parts where Olivia Wilde is getting the whole getting the ball rolling on all of it, yeah, I don't. I just think that there's like actual judgment, sure, there, yeah, and, but and almost that the uh, the things that the FBI has to do is like the tragic consequences, maybe that like ah, but we got our hands tied, but I we think, think this guy's a terrorist. The the I think the the other thing there that the thing that really pins it for me is the yeah. end, where yeah. Olivia Wilde does the walk. Mm-hmm. around to where the call came from mm-hmm. and she finds out that he couldn't have done it yeah and she says it yep to the fbi people and the fbi is still going after him they still have they that are final basically like we know we figured that out too there's <laughs> but they're still like pulling him into that interview yeah and being like like that final interview where he gets to actually stand up for himself which is such a like great yeah. moment well and i just think it's the final thing where he actually says like authority is not for me yeah well, and that's that's kind of what I'm saying, too, is just that, like, I think that's what makes it such a weirdly complicated thing. Yeah. And also, I think, is basically a trick. I think it's basically, like, their way of, like, kind of, like, changing the focus depending on where they're at in the story. Oh, sure. To essentially, like, mislead you. <laughs> Like, not that that's not actually how it went down, mm-hmm. but just like focusing your, um, focusing it thematically on like who is at fault at different times. 
Yeah. And like, and like what that means about authority, for example. Sure. You know what I mean? Because I think they could have made it a movie where the media is the bad guy the whole movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Like they could have had it where like the, where they actually show the FBI guys being very reluctant or like what, you know, they could have pulled it off. Yeah. If they really wanted to. Or they could have had the FBI guys just be awful yep. the whole way and have the media be blameless. But they just, they didn't. Yeah. Because I don't think they want to actually talk about authority in a straightforward way sure because i think the whole point of the thing anyway that's that's i think we took we took different reads from it and i like but that's why i think this movie is good yeah honestly at this point i'm more willing to say the movie's good if two people can come (laughs) out of the same thing and have two very different viewpoints that i think are both valid yeah versus Mm -hmm. uh what's something i can take a dump on that's not marvel (laughs) um like um has gone newest Jurassic Park movie versus like you know Jurassic Park Fallen World where you come out of it and you're like boy that had too many script writers <laughs> yeah it did have dinosaurs it, there were some dinosaurs in it yeah i don't know <laughs> i i think i totally agree just that like there is yeah i just think they hit all the thematic stuff well enough that there's just a lot to think about and a lot to talk about and different directions that you could take it. Even the end of the movie where Richard Jewell's a cop. Yeah. You could take that as being him buying into authority yeah. or him sticking with it. Or you could take that as him changing personally to where he can say, you know what? Me being a cop isn't the thing that makes the rules right. You know, matter or whatever it is that he concludes on. Um, that he grew and he was able to look at authority in a mature enough way to even become a cop and not get fired <laughs> immediately. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I would like to talk about some of the other things that either were changed or are kind of extraneous to the movie. So we were kind of talking about like, I was kind of saying, I think one of the, the ideological things about the movie is choosing to make the movie, you know? Yeah. Um, I was just going to think about like, if you wanted to make a thing about the media railroading somebody, oh yeah, there's totally other people that you could go with, and it is kind of funny that they managed to find this guy, yeah, who could do this shtick, even like the shtick of like ah shucks, I got a lot of guns, yeah, you know, uh, even just situations where you could just have the snooty professor guy or whatever, yeah, like yeah. like so they never made a movie about the uh, Central Park Five. I think everyone would agree that if they made a movie about the Central Park Didn't Five they? this year. Not, I mean, they made a documentary about it. Oh, okay. But like, I think everyone would agree that if they made that movie in the last couple of years, that would have been a very political thing to do right now. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. And like, I don't think that would be a wrong thing to say that it was political to make it. I don't know. I just think it's weird, like, to say like, ah, you can't say the movie's political. It's good, and it happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is a real event. It's not political, and it's like. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, I wanted to add how strange it is. Richard Jewell is clearly the most interesting person in this whole situation. Absolutely. Did you read it all about the actual bombing and, like, who did it? Uh, Yeah, but I don't remember who. The guy was, like, on the loose for, like, five years after that. I did know that, yeah. And, like, bombed a bunch of abortion clinics. Whoa. Yeah. And he, he originally bombed the Olympics because he thought it was like a... He thought that the Olympics existed to spread socialism. Wow. <laughs> so, I don't know. We got a whole other movie to make. I just think, you know, we live in a world where people are constantly railing about whether or not having a, making a movie with a girl in it is political. And I yeah, just got to right? say, uh, you know, real events, you can make them political if you want. You cannot include that the guy who did it uh, was the guy who he was. <laughs> you could. Which they did not, yeah. Change the focus on the movie. There's a lot of stuff that you can do to make a real event fit with whatever you think. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I just had to throw that out there because I know that I'm a big time crank and I can make anything political. And so. It's okay to make, <laughs> it's okay to make I think, an explicitly political movie. Political. yeah i just you know i just think it's crazy that people will be like oh this is political oh this isn't political it's real or yeah you know totally. whatever uh i just think that's a bizarre mindset that a lot of people are in everything's political and nothing's political 
It can be what you want it to be. You yeah. can just watch this movie and appreciate Paul Walter Hauser's incredible performance. Yeah. And I just think, you know, there's a million movies that could be made in any given year of interest. Every person in there has had one thing in their life that's maybe movie worthy. Yeah. And we can't do all of them, unfortunately. We have to do a very, 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 very small number of them. And Richard Jewell, very interesting. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of other people that are very interesting who you could take a lot of different conclusions from about who gets railroaded by the FBI the most. (laughs) (laughs) Or whatever. Yeah. Oh, also, I tweeted that Paul Walter Hauser should have won an Oscar, and he liked my tweet. Yes. That's what we like to call a So Much Movies win. (laughs) 